sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. And happy Monday. Welcome into Fantasy Sports Today with you here on Sports Grid. Craig Bish, Joe Pizzapia here with you for the next two hours of the show. It is great to be with you as we're discussing everything going on in fantasy sports, reality sports as well. We've got the NBA playoffs set to start here in about an hour and a half from now. Adam Ronis is going to be on the show. We're going to give you a wagering tip or two as to what you could get down on in the FanDuel Sportsbook today. And, of course, we've got our NBA tip drill coming up in just a couple of minutes. Of course, uh, Joe Pizzapia here with me, as always, here on this Monday. Joe, it's great to see you and talk to you here, and we're ready to get into it. A lot of football uh, discussion today on the show as well, with players back on the field today getting mixed training camp reports from different places. And, of course, the Major League Baseball season is in full swing. What's going on? Oh, yeah, man. Major League Baseball is definitely full swing, no doubt about that. I'm excited for the Adam Ronis spot, too. Nobody's better uh, across the board than Adam Ronis. There's a lot of... People out there who try to do multiple sports, but there's only a few that do it as well as Adam, and that's going to be a great spot. So make sure you tune into that uh, later on in the program. But yeah, some good, some bad, and some ugly for Major League Baseball, and also a lot of NFL stuff starting to heat up too. You're starting to see some of those quotes from some of those media members. We're starting to see some things and some practices. So now it's time to start deciphering some of that. We're going to talk a little fantasy football today too. So it's going to be jam packed, Craig. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and and, uh, and and what's interesting about the NFL is, is for those of you who are on social media today, you'll see that about 20 teams, it looks like, in the NFL are not allowing any tweets during practice, and then about 10 are. And so by tomorrow, I'll have that all sorted out as to who can say what. But everybody has their different rules and regulations this year. And, of course, because no fans are there, they feel like this is like some top-secret info, and so they're unable to give it to us. We'll get into that a little bit later in the show. Let's start off with uh, Fantasy Sports Today's headlines here for this Monday, and we'll start off with the Oakland A's. There has been no team better in all of Major League Baseball than Oakland in the month of August. They are straight up rolling right now, 10 games over 500, looking like a team that's headed to the postseason, potentially maybe even the best record in Major League Baseball. They are playing great. On the flip side, Bo Bichette. Looks like he's going to be out a month for the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, Not great news for him. He's going for a second opinion on his knee. He has been an absolute stud. We talked about just how well he was doing on Friday. And now, unfortunately, if you own him in a fantasy league or you wanted to use him in any DFS action, you're probably not going to be able to. We'll wait and see what happens with that second opinion for Toronto, a place that guys are absolutely clubbing the ball out of that park in Buffalo. Uh, White Sox yesterday, they go back to back to back to back and make history. Yoan Mankata, Yasmani Grandal, Jose Abreu, and Eloy Jimenez hitting four consecutive home runs. Really impressive feat. You don't see that a lot. Yankees placed DJ LeMahieu on the 10-day injured list, and so the Yankees injuries feels like we're right back where we were last year with them, missing their two outfielders, mm-hmm. and now LeMahieu again. Uh, Mike Conley left the NBA bubble for the birth of his son, so their game today somewhat in question. Uh, Adam and I will talk about that a little bit later on in the show. The SEC Southeastern Conference football schedule is set to come out in about an hour from now. Whether or not they'll actually play this schedule is not a foregone conclusion. But again, schedule comes out in an hour. And meanwhile, the Big Ten has had issues, of course, because they said that they're not going to play their season. Arguably the most popular quarterback 
and most popular player in the Big Ten, Justin Fields, has started a petition to get the Big Ten back going. And so, Joe, the state of college football, without a doubt, is completely in flux right now. You have some players opting out. You have some players saying they want to play. Hopefully, they'll be able to get this all sorted out. It's like three weeks until the college football season begins. SEC will have their schedule coming up a little bit later, and that's where we start off on the show today. Yeah, I'm going to start off with say it ain't so, Bo. Oh, my goodness. This is sad because this guy was absolutely on fire. We are talking about how good of a ballpark Buffalo was starting to look like. It was cores on the East Coast, and it was really fun. I mean, it was starting to look like a fun thing here, and Bo Bichette was kind of leading that charge for the Blue Jays, and it's just such a bummer here to think he's going to miss now a month of time. And, uh, of course, it's going to set back the value a little bit. Now, there can be a positive from that in 2021 redrafts because you're looking at Bo Bichette, and there's that little bit of incomplete. There's that tease. We'll see how healthy he is when he comes back. But it's very frustrating because I think there was some up and down in 2019. In 2020, all of a sudden, you started to see it put together. And then there will be some people who will question how good it really was because of that ballpark factor and that anomaly, whether or not this is something that's for real or is it a product of the environment. So. There's a lot to figure out there and unpack. And I'll tell you what, Oakland is a great story, too, because Oakland is another one of these teams, especially on FanDuel. In that mid-3K range, you get guys like Matt Olson, Matt Chapman. There's some great talent there to be had in DFS, especially in the later slate. And Oakland so far looks like a really good team yet again. Yep. And uh, by the way, Greg and Jeremy will have the NBA tip drill coming up uh, on FanDuel. We're going to have that for you in about 10 minutes from now. So make sure you stay tuned to that as well. Uh, in, in terms of the NFL today, the only little piece of, of news that I saw, at least this morning, Joe, and again, a lot of this is unfortunately going to be injury related, but uh, A.J. Green of the Cincinnati Bengals uh, had to leave at practice today. And, and we don't know if it's for precautionary reasons or what. Again, getting reports these days are going to be very tough. Mm. Cincinnati is one spot that they are allowing, I guess, the reporters to tweet out things that they're, that are happening. But certainly that's not the way that you wanted to start off the 2020 fantasy season for anyone, uh, especially if A.J. Green has an injury. But again, we'll have to wait and see uh, what the report is at this point. Yeah, look, uh, this is uh, no bueno for me. I've got some uh, nice, cheap A.J. Green shares already in some early drafts. So hopefully this is not a big deal. Hopefully it's a precautionary thing, maybe something tighten up on him or something like that. So We'll see what happens as more information comes in. But certainly in the get-go here, Craig, you, you don't want to hear anything going wrong with A.J. Green. That's not the way to start off the year, especially the way last year happened and just kind of filtered into itself and ended up becoming a lost season for A.J. Green, which is something you definitely don't want to happen. But speaking of lost seasons, too, all of these injuries for the Yankees again, Craig, this is really something here. Two years in a row, and now Glaber Torres yeah. and Urshela have to carry the load yet again. And maybe they'll be able to do it. But we're going to have to wait and see because it doesn't look like they're going to be having these guys back in the lineup, either Judge or maybe even Stanton for this week. Also, a little bit of piece of news, uh, Hammett Bone has broken for Tommy Fan. Get him out of your lineup this week. We'll be back with more fantasy sports today right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today with you here on Sports Grid. I'm Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia. We got you here until 2 o'clock on the East. NBA games in the playoffs getting ready to start in about an hour and a half from now. We're also going to touch on our fantasy standouts. As we told you right before we left you, 
Uh, right before the break, a couple of little pieces of news. A.J. Green being held out of practice on the football field today, so hopefully we'll have an update on him coming up a little bit later. Uh, also, Tommy Pham is headed to the 10-day injured list for the San Diego Padres. He was off to a great start, especially stealing bases. And I would say, given the timeline of the season, maybe playoff return, maybe last week return. But if you have him in a, in a redraft fantasy, probably can let him go. And also the Tigers out of nowhere this morning, uh, about 10 minutes ago, as a matter of fact, reporting, um, announcing on their Twitter feed that Casey Mize and Tariq Goofle are both coming up and both mm. starting this week, tomorrow and Wednesday. So that is a little bit out of nowhere as well, Joe, as we're going to get to see two of the t- uh, Tigers' top five prospects make their major league debut this week. Yeah, and Casey Mize is a very exciting one. Him, Matt Manning. I mean, they've got some in the pipeline here, for sure. I mean, Detroit is a team that, with Torkelson and some of these other young kids you're starting to see here with Casey Mize, they can turn this thing around sooner than later, uh, especially if they make the right little choices here and there. That Miguel Cabrera contract is still very onerous on them overall. There's no doubt about that. And it's immovable at this point. So they're going to either talk him into retiring and getting some sort of settlement, or just going to grin and bear it for the next X number of years. But this Tommy Pham injury, I think this is a huge blow to the San Diego Padres. And it stinks because the Padres so far have been a very good score uh, story. And I'll tell you what, Craig, I mean, to miss him here in the middle of this order right now, a guy who's been stealing bases, hitting home runs, being a really productive player for them. It's difficult, and we're going to talk about some other guys that might have to step up in that void, but it also has a ripple effect because maybe Hosmer or Will Myers moves into that cleanup spot now. It's tricky. This is definitely a blow to the Padres' playoff chances, I would say. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's an important player. They they still are, are off to a good start, and again, 16 teams get in. I think that's the, the bigger right. deal here True. where I still think that one player – may not uh, derail them completely, but it's going to hurt for sure. There's no doubt about that. And in terms of the Tigers, I mean, they're only one game under 500. This tells me that they are going to try and go for this thing. And and I think there's going to be 25 teams. And when the trade deadline comes up next week, that are going to be thinking that they have a chance to still win. The Tigers are only one game under and only three and a half games out. So I don't think they have a shot, but every team is playing like they do right now. And that's at least good to see in baseball for sure. I'm very surprised that they called both guys up, not just one and staggered them. And also Isaac Brady's their uh, number six prospect. Also, they called mm-hmm. him up too with CJ Crone on the injured list. So kudos to the Tigers for not worrying about service time at this point and sort of going for it. Will that continue or is just the spot start send them back down? I don't know the answer to that yet, but we'll have to see what happens. Okay. Uh, fantasy standouts from Sunday. Let's touch on them. Fran Mil Reyes. Hit two home runs for the Indians, then got hit in the wrist, and x-rays were negative. So if he misses any time, it'll only be a day or two. That's really good news. Reyes is off to a good start with five home runs. Speaking of good starts in terms of pitching, Randy Dobnak did it again. Five and a third, two earned runs. He's now four and one on the season, having an incredible start uh, to his 2020 campaign. Steven Piscotty of the A's had one of the bigger days in all of baseball yesterday. Two hits and a home run. He also drove in five runs for Oakland in their win. Eduardo Escobar uh, has had a really slow start, but finally got it going yesterday. He hit his first couple home runs. He has three hits. He drove in three runs as well. And don't look now, the Diamondbacks are hot and uh, right above 500 again. So they are back in the mix. Uh, Luis Urias is hitting 400 on the season. He's not playing every day, but look, it's only 20 at-bats uh, thus far. But when he plays, he hits. They may have to start giving him some more time. Three for four, two RBIs for him as well. And then one of the uh, bigger stories, I think, in baseball has been the emergence of, in fantasy and reality, of Brandon Lau with the Tampa Bay Rays, mm. who is now playing every day. 
and leads all second baseman in home runs. He has seven. He also has three hits. And I think when we uh, kick around the 2020 rankings, Brandon Lau, Joe, is going to end up being, if not the top second baseman in fantasy baseball, he is going to be right up there among the top. He has been really good for Tampa Bay going on two years now. Yeah, really good, really steady, and really important to this order, too, because this is not a, a lineup that has a lot of thunder in it. So what you need is consistency at the top in order to drive in runs. That starts with Brandon Lau. He's been able to get on base at a good clip. He's been able to make a contact, and he's got a little pop as well. And I think all of those things together, that really helps the engine of this offense go because they do not have the Mike Trouts. They do not have the Rendones. They do not have the Juan Sotos of the world in this offense. So they have to do it kind of building runs and when you have people at the top of this order who are able to get on base and make things happen, that has an outstanding ripple effect. And all of a sudden, when you're at a guy on when Lau's on second base and somebody else is up, all of a sudden they're going to see some better pitches and things are going to get better there. Uh, the Franimal continues to be awesome. Fran Mil Reyes is just a you know a, a great power hitter and a throwback slugger kind of style. And Randy Dobnik, you know, you got to give this guy credit too. He keeps the ball on the ground. We would talk about him a lot. Is he great for your strikeouts? No, but can he give you a whip and ERA and W's? Probably. And here it is again. This was the prototypical Dobnek start, right? Only gave up two runner runs, went five and a third, and he got a W. Why? Because he's not giving up runs, and the Twins are probably going to outscore their opponents on most nights. So as long as you keep that ball down, keep that ball in the ballpark, he's going to have a chance for more W's. And uh, it's a great story, certainly, in 2020, without a doubt. But like I said, you know, uh, as long as he can keep going out there and giving you something close to a quality start, you'll just continue to take it. Over the past week, there has been no one hotter than the subject of our next discussion, and that is Juan Soto of the Washington Nationals. I feel like we may end up doing a a piece on him every day, but we ought to because the guy has been super, super Soto, no question. 425 batting average since he's come back. Six home runs, 14 runs driven in. His OPS is over 1,000. I mean, it's it's almost 2,000, and he's only played 11 games. He has six home runs in 11 games. And he has basically been unstoppable. It's like when he does not homer in a game, you have to sort of wonder, is there something wrong with Juan Soto? That's how good he has been. And uh, reporters basically yesterday after the game asked him, is this the most locked in that he's ever been? And what does it feel like to just basically be thrown a pitch and know almost either exactly what's coming or being able to take advantage of the pitch that's coming? I feel really good at the play. I'm seeing all the pitches great. Uh, every kind of pitch that I'm seeing it really well. I'm taking my, my pitches, I'm taking my walks, but when they miss it, I don't miss it. That's the, the only difference I see right now. Just try to don't miss uh, their mistakes. So I just try to keep the same thing, keep the same routine, try to keep it short, simple. Don't try to do too much because it may be getting my mind and then uh, I break anything. And like, my routine and everything goes goes out. So I just I, I just try to keep it simple, try to keep the same thing every day, and try to play the game. Yeah, Joe, it's it's been some start for for Soto. I mean, even better than last year. Who would have thought that? And had Soto not missed the first ten games of the season, I'm not even sure what his numbers would be right now. I mean, he would be chasing <laughs> everything: 400 home run title, RBI title. Triple crown, he even mixed in a stolen base over the weekend. I didn't think he would be doing that. But you know, simply simply put, he is the most unstoppable player right now in the game. That's, I suppose, not named Mike Trout, and that's no discredit to Mookie Betts or Tatis. But you basically cannot throw Juan Soto a strike, and when you throw him a ball, he takes the pitch and goes and goes on base. He didn't hit a home run yesterday. He walked twice. 
he's basically unpitchable right now. Yeah, he absolutely is. And it's the running joke of diamond bets for the last, oh, I don't know, six weeks or so. And Sean Angle is hung us today, uh, produce the show. He knows he made up the slide about me and Juan Soto. Everybody knows that I'm president of this fan club and I have been on this wagon for some time. We even talked on diamond bets about our dynasty rankings and I have him third overall right now in dynasty. Uh, that's because of what you're seeing now and what I saw last year in the playoffs too. I mean, this guy is just playing at a different level and for a player to be this good at this age, it's just not normal. So when you're talking about projectability, where this guy could be potentially in three or four years, it's stunning. And you look at how he's dominating right now. Imagine as they could possibly build some more lineup protection around him in the future. Imagine if indeed he does take his pitch selection to a whole other level, because we have to imagine as a 21, 22 year old kid, that this is not a finished product Juan Soto. And that should scare the hell out of the rest of the national league and the American league and everybody else. Because this guy is that good. I think he was plus 900 going into the year for MVP. And if you had that on FanDuel, my goodness, that's looking like a pretty good investment at this point in time. But I got to I got to tell you, Craig, uh, I'm, I'm not surprised at all about how good he's been. I'm surprised that it took other people to realize that this is probably the best player in the National League. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of when Albert Pujols first came up and, yes. and Pujols came up with less fanfare. And Tony LaRusso, the manager, basically right away said that he's going to be one of the best players that is in the game. People doubted it, but it was true. We got the tip drill coming up next. Joe and I will be right back right here on SportsGrid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rob Longley of the Toronto Sun reports that Bobachet's right knee injury is, quote, worse than expected and could possibly keep him out until mid-September. Bichette is expected to get a second opinion, and hopefully more news comes down shortly. Astros' Jordan Alvarez is considered day-to-day. He was scratched from the Astros' starting lineup on Sunday against the Mariners because of soreness in his right knee. Updates expected on Monday. Scores around baseball on Sunday. Rays beat the Blue Jays 3-2. Nick Anderson picked up his third save of the year. Phillies beat the Mets. 6-2. Zach Wheeler, now 3-0. Andrew McCutcheon picked up his first home run of the season. The Nationals beat the Orioles behind Max Scherzer's seven innings and ten strikeouts, though he did give up five earned runs. Anthony Santander hit two homers. The Orioles moved to 12-9 at a record than the Nationals. Indians beat the Tigers 8-5. Francisco Lindor hit his fourth homer of the year. Fernando Reyes hit two homers, but suffered a hand contusion. He had x-rays. They were negative. He's considered day-to-day. Braves shut out the Marlins 4-0, moving to 13 and 10 on the season. Twins beat the Royals 4 to 2. Dobnak picked up his fourth win of the season. Max Kepler hit his sixth homer. White Sox beat the Cardinals. White Sox set a record having four Cuban players hit four back to back to back to back homers in this game. That's Grandal Abreu, Eloy Jimenez, and Yoan Moncada. Astros beat the Mariners 3 to 2. Brewers over the Cubs 6 to 5. Brewers now 10 and 10. Cubs moved to 13 and 6. Rockies beat the Rangers 10 to 6. Rockies are now 13 and 8 on the year. A's destroyed the Giants 15 to 3. Rays beat the Blue Jays in the second game 7 to 5. Dodgers over the Angels 8 to 3. Diamondbacks came back to beat the Padres 5 to 4. The Yankees beat the Red Sox 4 to 2. Zach Britton picked up his league leading eighth save of the year, but Aroldis Chapman is expected to be activated from the IL on Monday. 
Basketball news, Christoph Porzingis is probable for Game 1 versus the Clippers on Monday. Porzingis has not played since August 11th. And Mike Conley has left the Orlando bubble. The Jazz are taking on the Nuggets on Monday. You've also got some more first-round action as the Nets take on the Raptors. And the 76ers start Game 1 against the Celtics. Over in the NHL, the Islanders beat the Capitals in overtime 2-1. They're now 3-0 in the series. Stars went to overtime against the Flames. They beat them 5-4. Kavelski had a hat trick. Series tied up 2-2. Blackhawks over the Golden Knights 3-1. Vegas has Chicago on their backs as Vegas has a series 3-1. The Flyers beat the Canadians 1-0. Philly holds a 2-1 lead in the first round. I'm Chris Welsh, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. Hey, everybody, what's going on? I am Greg Sussman, joined today by Jeremy Stein of Sports Grid, who's here to break down tonight's NBA slate. What's going on, Jeremy? Not too much. We're going into day one of the playoffs and couldn't be more excited. The NBA playoffs are finally here. What an awesome start with the playing game. So let's get into it. The real playoffs. We've been waiting for this moment since the restart began. So let's begin at the point guard position where we go almost exactly where we went at the beginning of the bubble. There's no Patrick Beverly. So everybody was all over Reggie Jackson. That's where you start tonight. In this game between the Clippers and Dallas, you like the backcourt on both sides. We'll start with Reggie Jackson, who's $3,800 tonight. Patrick Beverly is questionable this evening. Even if he does play, I still expect Reggie Jackson to play at least 28 minutes, which should equate to a very high floor of 29 to 30 FanDuel points. So either way, whether Beverly is in or out, you can't go wrong with Reggie Jackson this evening. Reggie Jackson getting a chance to play a ton of minutes without Patrick Beverly. Even if Beverly is limited in any way, Jackson is certainly ready to step up for the Los Angeles Clippers. Moving on to the other side of this game, that brings us to Luka Doncic. Doncic's first playoff game, he is $10,200. That makes him the most important player for Dallas and the most expensive player on tonight's slate. Why do you believe it's important to pay up for Doncic? I like Luka Doncic tonight. He's one of the few superstars that I'm willing to pay up for. Even though we're going to see Dallas back at full strength this evening, I still think Luka's going to have an extended usage rate. He's also play heavier minutes as they're getting into the playoff rotations. There's no home court advantage tonight, which means that there is no four-point favorite for the Clippers. You can't go wrong again with Donkic. I expect him to have a massive game. Luka's first playoff game, as you said, no home court advantage, which means there is no inherent advantage built in for the Los Angeles Clippers. Luka Doncic has the opportunity to totally go off this evening. Moving over to the small forward spot, we go with Gordon Hayward, $6,100 tonight, facing off against Philadelphia. This is a first-round match that I think a lot of people are excited about, a rematch from last year. Uh, this one could tell us who's coming out of the East and any of them can buy in Milwaukee. Boston and Philly is absolutely a match that I'm excited about. Why do you like Gordon Hayward tonight? If you look at the small forward position, Philadelphia is very weak at defense. Gordon Hayward tonight has a terrific matchup and again, another must-win game. He's my favorite wing player tonight. Absolutely want him in every single lineup. He should be a high floor player at around 40 FanDuel points minimum. We'll take that high floor with Hayward tonight, getting the minutes as Boston finally getting healthy. And this is what they've been waiting for, right? This is what they've trained all season for. So for increased minutes for players like Gordon Hayward, this time for Boston tonight against Philadelphia. 
Speaking of first-time playoff action, Michael Porter Jr. is going to see his first real playoff action here tonight against Utah. $6,800 tonight, and Michael Porter has certainly come into his own. Utah is going to be without Michael Conley here this evening as he's left the bubble for the birth of his child. Michael Porter Jr. in an excellent spot tonight against Utah. Yeah, he's certainly getting thrown right into the fire. There's no Will Barton or Gary Harris this evening, so those minutes have to go somewhere. They're definitely going to go to Michael Porter. And again, as you're going into the playoffs, you're going to get extended minutes and the rotations are going to change. He's playing a very weak defense again at the position. And for his price, you just cannot go wrong. Without Gary Harris, without Will Barton, Michael Porter has shined throughout the NBA. Restart tonight against Utah. This is the moment he's been waiting for. He's becoming a superstar before our eyes. Tonight, I'll get his first chance to do it in the NBA playoffs. Finally, at center tonight, well, we're going over to the Brooklyn Nets, where Jared Allen is $7,200 facing off against the defending champion Toronto Raptors. Why is Allen the choice here at center this evening? So I've been looking at center a lot, and to me, there's not really a standout center tonight. So I want to pick a player that I think has a very high floor. He plays very well against Toronto. Earlier this year, he actually posted a double-double. So I'm looking for him to put up a minimum of 40 points at FanDuel. This is not a position where I expect any given player to go off. So I'm really looking for value, and I'm just looking to get a high floor. Going away from Jokic and Gobert facing each other tonight, away from Joel Embiid, spinning down for Jarrett Allen, going for that high floor and hoping for the best. Jeremy Stein, I'm excited for the playoffs tonight. I'm excited to win a little money too. Appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Have a good one. Absolutely. Enjoy the first night of the playoffs. This is only the beginning. Jeremy and I will be here every day breaking it down for you. For Jeremy Stein, I'm Greg Sussman. Thanks so much for watching. Enjoy the games tonight. And we'll see you tomorrow for another edition of the NBA Tip Trail. And thanks again to Greg and Jeremy for the great breakdown of all the playoff games today from a DFS perspective. We'll have the latest from a wagering perspective coming up with Adam Ronis from wageralarm.com, fantasyalarm.com, as he'll break down three of today's games, including the game starting in a little bit over an hour from now. Uh, also, a quick update on the baseball side. Uh, Jace Tingler uh, saying that Kirby Yates is going to have a second opinion on his elbow, clearly at this point. Uh, Yates' status for the season in serious doubt, which would mean Drew Pomerantz, or maybe even Luis Patino, but for right now it looks like Drew Pomerantz, gets the majority of the saves with the San Diego Padres. Uh, also, um, Joe, I think it's interesting to take a look at some players that uh, are on the waiver wire. We're going to get to that in just a minute. But before then, I wanted to educate some people on who exactly is now playing for the St. Louis Cardinals. Because, again, they are going through exactly what the Miami Marlins went through, where Miami uh, lost 18 players. The Cardinals lost basically about a half a dozen, six or seven players. And take a look at these names of players that are essentially getting major playing time for the Cardinals moving forward. That would include this week. That would include a lot of double headers going forward, too. I think everybody knows the name Dylan Carlson. We'll talk about him in a minute. John Nagowski made his major league debut over the weekend as well, and he played first base with Goldschmidt playing DH. Max Schrock, who's one of their top-hitting prospects, a second baseman, doesn't really have a clear path to playing time at this point, and they've chosen not really to use him at shortstop all that much, and so he's still waiting to play, but when he plays, he has hit. 
And then, of course, Alex Reyes was back and back in a big, big way. He struck out the side in the inning that he pitched. And, Joe, there's some opportunities here for playing time. I know that these aren't the sexiest names in fantasy, but certainly with the Cardinals playing a lot of games, these are some players that you may not know but may rack up, up, up some counting stats over the next week or two. Yeah, well, Alex Reyes is one we know, and we've been waiting for it for a long time, and we've been just disappointed and disappointed and then disappointed again because he couldn't stay healthy, and then some of the performance was very spotty. But so far, so good for Alex Reyes. So keep a close eye on that one because he had all the potential in the world a few years ago to be a frontline starter. Who knows, maybe an elite closer at this point in his career. So I'm not ready to give up on him completely yet, but this is the kind of opportunity you've been waiting for. So let's see what Reyes does with it here in 2020 and hope for the best. Yeah, uh, also Dylan Carlson made his major league debut, and uh, Nagowski uh, had a chance to play with Carlson, of course, in the minor leagues, and he was asked after the game yesterday what his thoughts were on Carlson and how he looked in his first couple games. And he is as good as everybody thinks he is. And uh, it's just impressive, man. Like, what he does on the field is awesome, but the guy that he is, I really got to get um, kind of close with him in Springfield when we were working together, and um, just love his mindset, you know, just love his, his confidence, but not arrogance. Um, I just, I think that he's just a really, really grounded, um, guy and, and just a, a guy that I have no problem going, talking to him about hitting and, and most kids his age, you know, we're talking about advanced level stuff and he's teaching me stuff. So, um, I mean, just, just an awesome, awesome kid. And, um, it's it's pretty cool to see the beginning of something that's going to be pretty damn special, I think. Mm. And, and Joe, that, that time is now. Uh, St. Louis is up against it. They have a ton of games to play to get to 55 games. Carlson is going to mm. get his fair share of work. And knowing what I know about Miami's situation in particular, I don't think that you're going to see the half a dozen players on St. Louis back anytime soon. Remember, it has all, already been almost three weeks and uh, if any of the Marlins players don't come back by Thursday, although they are on the field right now and they're in Jupiter and they're playing, getting ready to come back, uh, they are not allowed to travel with the team, uh, outside the team, excuse me, on the road. They have to be with the team. So you could be looking at missing all of those Miami players for a month. That would mean that the St. Louis players would not be back until September. So get used to seeing some of these new names. They're going to play. Mm. Yeah, I bet John Nagowski was not thinking he was going to play a lot of games at the big league level this year. So uh, great for him. I mean, this is a great opportunity for a lot of these guys. You know, uh, John Nagowski has a chance here to show that maybe if it's not a future with the Cardinals, maybe it's a future with somebody else. And that is huge. Just just getting playing time at the major league level is enormous for some of these guys who are in triple A AAA or double A and, and getting to show themselves because we've seen some great talent. I mean, take a look at the Houston situation a couple of years ago. J.D. Davis was blocked there, had nowhere to play. He ended up getting... You know, basically rule five out. The Mets picked him up, and then look what happened. He became a really good player for the Mets. So there's a lot of, of players and systems that are blocked because of the position they play. So this is a great opportunity for a young first baseman who's got Paul Goldschmidt ahead of him to get some at-bats here and see maybe he does become a future DH. Maybe he gets moved on to another organization at some point that sees something in him. But, you know, I keep coming back to Alex Reyes because this is a guy that could be lightning in a bottle. And there are a few arms in Major League Baseball the last five years that the fantasy community was this excited about. And it really has just been one thing after another. And part of it's bad luck, part of it's bad productivity, and part of it is is injuries. And all that is a very dangerous cocktail. And all of a sudden, sometimes you just end up discarding a player. And he's still young enough that if he has a little run here, 
it could really turn things around. Uh, I don't think we have definitive back of the bullpen for the Cardinals. I don't think we have a situation where going forward next year, we have definitive back of the rotation for the Cardinals. Alex Reyes can go out there and throw a bunch of quality innings this year. And maybe just maybe he could resurrect what was supposed to be a top tier prospect career. And maybe just maybe it's not time to give up on him yet. Maybe let's uh, throw some funds on the fab wire on him and see what you get. And look, worst case scenario, it doesn't work out. You cut him and you move on. Yeah. He, he's one of the most talented pitchers that I've ever seen in the history of baseball. Uh, just hasn't been able to put it together. Our wow, DFS preview for wow. today in baseball is that. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Joe Pizapia. We will have a DFS baseball preview coming up in about 10 minutes. I got a little out of order on the show today. It happens. It's Monday. But we'll get back on track. Uh, also, I was thinking of just not doing a waiver wire segment today for fantasy baseball because I spent all my money. And so, essentially, I'm not helping anybody <laughs> except for you guys. And then I remembered that's the point is to help you guys, not me. I can't do anything except for sit back and watch everybody else being picked up. Uh, screwed that up. Didn't know the rules. Good job by me. Uh, here are some names of players potentially that you could be looking at on the waiver wire this week. Maybe some teams in uh, in a 12 and maybe some 14, depending on what you're playing in. Or maybe these are some players you want to consider in DFS this week as well. We'll start off with the Yankees. He came on like lightning in a bottle last year, and he's doing it again now. Mike Ford of the New York Yankees getting plenty of playing time, of course, with Stanton out. Now with LeMahieu out and with Aaron Judge out, he's getting the time the same way that happened last year due to injury. Uh, Steven Piscotty wasn't drafted in a lot of shallow leagues this year because Piscotty has just not delivered on the promise that we thought that he would be a couple years ago with St. Louis. But with the way that the A's are playing, I think you want to have a piece of everybody on Oakland for sure, and he's gotten off to a really good start. Jake Cronenworth has been a do-everything type player for the Padres and doesn't have a lot of pop, but it's kind of like David Fletcher, just sort of play shortstop, can play other positions as well. And now maybe with Tommy Pham being out, at least he gives you some counting numbers, maybe he can fill in for you. So keep an eye on this kid, Jake Cronenworth. Don't know a ton about him, but he's off to a good start as well. Uh, Rocky's closing situation is absolutely a wreck. Oberg is out. Wade Davis is out. Estevez is out. They basically have a Diaz has not looked good. They have no one. Could it possibly be that Daniel Bard? could be their closer. He has someone to speculate at least for the possibility of saves. They really just don't have anything going there as well. And then with Will Smith going on the injured list, Kybert Ruiz came up. What did he do? He had a home run in his first game, and we can all use an extra catcher in fantasy, Joe. That is for sure, myself included. Uh, Ruiz probably only playing while Smith is down, but you never know. Maybe beyond. Maybe a designated hitter in beyond for him as well. So those are just some general names this isn't by the way the biggest waiver wire week thus far it's kind of a quiet week in terms of bigger names being out there guys coming out of nowhere and now that we've seen the tigers pitchers called up i have a feeling that's going to change on sunday but again for most teams who run that waiver on sunday night or once a week these are some of the options you can go with yeah and first off can i just say every league should have a zero bid the fact that no if it's expert not expert doesn't matter you want everybody to be competitive. If somebody wants to blow their entire fab on a player or whatever, what have you, 
let them do it. But you have to allow them to be able to add players when there's injuries. You have to have a zero bid system after that. I've never heard of so, it before in my life. Uh, yeah, I, I've seen it, but it doesn't happen very often. I just want to say that's not the way it should be. So if anyone out there is running a league that way, I'm telling you, for me, from Joey P, it's not a good look because you want everybody to be competitive. How do you expect teams to be competitive, especially in Major League Baseball, for God's sakes, where people get hurt all the time? You got to be able to pick up people off the waiver wire with a zero bid. But I digress. That's a story for another time. I will say this. Daniel Barr does look like the guy to me, Craig. And again, talk about crazy stories. Talk about things you never saw coming in 2020. Yeah. Daniel Bard is definitely one of them. And it's a great story because I remember like you when Daniel Bard was a fine young arm that we were all very excited about. And there's nothing wrong with this. And, and of all the wacky places for it to happen, why not Colorado, for God's sakes? Let's do it. Cronenworth is going to be an interesting ad. You're right. I think more in points leagues and head-to-head points because he is a guy that can fill the stat sheet. Doesn't do anything particularly well, but he can get some at-bats here. With Tommy Pham out, there's going to be a lot of reordering of positions and spots in a lineup. So I think Cronenworth is at least going to get some at-bats here for the next four weeks or so. Uh, Mike Ford, I think you know what you're getting out of him. Uh, I think he's got some pop. Good ballpark factor. You got to like that. Uh, Piscotti is a player that has these runs. If you look at the last couple of years, he has some hot and cold streaks. If he's on a hot streak, he's worth the ad. You play him while he's hot. When he gets cold again, just put him on your bench. Don't just drop him. Just put him on your bench because it's likely you're going to get another hot streak at some point in time for him. And uh, yeah, I think that's kind of the point. And as you're, as you're mentioning it with catcher, <laughs> everybody can use a catcher who can hit a little bit. So if Ruiz is going to be uh, good for a short period of time, or if you're just looking to replace Will Smith, then Hey, it works. But Craig, is there another bizarre story uh, or more bizarre story than Daniel Bard this year? I mean, that's another one. Talk about coming out of nowhere. Yeah. I, I think he and Dobnak are really the two, like those are the mm. two, like just, I, I had no awareness of Dobnak other than he was you know, honestly like a little bit of a joke last year. Like I, I just didn't didn't think that he'd be back this year pitching again like he did. It was it was like a running joke with the few starts that he had last year. Wow, like, and he's doing the same exact thing again. So yeah, I, I think that it would be a great story. I don't know that we're there yet with Bard. We'll have to see. Maybe he ends up getting saves, and maybe he is the closer. By the way, maybe he gets traded in a week. I mean, that, that could oh. be a a possibility too. And that would be a great job, by the way, by the Rockies, by finding a guy off the scrap heap and turning him into a prospect. If they're able to do that, that's for sure. This could be um, a fascinating trade deadline, Craig, too, by the way. I mean, just, you know, just yeah, interject I, real I quick. think it's not going to be. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's going to be any trades. I don't think yeah, so. There's too many teams you, that are like, in is it. Is it fascinating in the sense that nobody moves because everybody thinks that they have an outside shot or are, are we going to get teams that are just going to flip the switch and make a call for the team? Like even if they're a 500 team, an organization might just flip a switch and say, you know what, we can get this or we can we can replenish our system. Like, do you think that's going to happen where teams are going to kneecap basically some good starts like the Orioles or the, you know, maybe not the Rockies because they've been so good. But do you think a couple of organizations might have that where ownership or, or general management might say, you know what, I, I know it's been fun, boys, but we're really looking for the long term here, not just in 2020. We're being realistic. Yeah, I don't know. It's a great question, and I don't know the answer. Maybe we'll get more clarity in a week, but as far as I see it, I only see three or four teams that are not in it, and that's it. I, I see Boston as as being done. I, I don't think they have a yep. shot. Uh, Pittsburgh has no shot, nope. and the Giants are, you know, since we talked last week about the Giants doing so well, they haven't won a game. So obviously the Giants are, um, you know, heading that direction, Kansas City too, and that's about it. <laughs> like Everybody else is pretty much in it. Yeah. So... I mean, I think those teams will trade players, 
But let's eliminate the Giants from the conversation because all their players are making too much money. No one's going to take them on. So now we're right. down to like three teams. And in Kansas City, yeah, I mean, they could be a factor. They could trade some of their younger players if they chose to. But then again, at the end of this week, Kansas City could be back in it again. So I don't see a huge deadline coming. I, I think maybe one or two players, but everyone's going to feel like they're in it and and not willing to take on money, but also not willing to make moves is sort of debilitating, I think, for the deadline. Um, let, let's talk about some players that maybe are flying a little bit under the radar and uh, and dive into what they've done so far. And I think one of them has been a huge surprise for the Cincinnati Reds. That's Jesse Winker, who I, I, I honestly, the, one of the bigger surprises in baseball to me is the fact that Aquino got no look whatsoever. None. It wouldn't have surprised me if he if he didn't do well, but I just cannot figure out what happened here because he didn't even get a chance to repeat what he did last year. It makes no sense to me. I'd love to see him go somewhere else and just get a chance. I, I don't get it. But Winker has been fantastic as a result of that. Shebler, what happened to that guy? Gone. Van Meter, what happened to that guy? Gone. Winker has earned it. He's played every day. 365, five home runs, eight RBIs, and Joe, his OPS is over 1,000. And and you could say even Winker has played better than Nick Senzel. So maybe this yeah. is the turning point for this player. Well, let's hope so, because this was a pretty good player in the minor leagues, uh, a guy with a very high OBP. And I give David Bell a lot of credit for this one because it started off a little slow again, and he stuck with him. And some other managers, you know, quick trigger, especially with expectations, they'll just not give a guy enough time to get right. Whatever he saw in Winker, he was able to have some patience. And I think that patience is clearly paying off. Like I said, Winker was always a guy in the minor leagues with really good pitch recognition skills, a guy with good on base skills. The power was limited, but you felt like, hey, you know, if he can get to great American ballpark, then the power will come on eventually. And I think you're starting to see that develop. You're starting to see a guy who's much more comfortable out there. And uh, Aquino was my number one bus pick going into this year. But I'm with you. I'm still shocked he didn't get an opportunity to be a bust. But right now, no it's sense. Jesse Winker's job, and he's running away with it. Yeah, Aquino sent a tweet out yesterday. Just like people have been encouraging him to stay, you know, whatever. And he sent a tweet out from the Dominican Republic. I don't even think he's with the team. Like, I, I just cannot figure this one out at all. You got to dig on um, this one. You got to go be Craig Mish and dig and get some information on this one. <laughs> I mean, it said Santo Domenico, Dominic, uh, Dominican Republic. I'm like, somebody get this guy and give him a chance. Like, I, I mean, I'm sorry. He could have definitely been a bust. Absolutely. But sure. no chance and not even with the alternate camp. I'm mind blown on that one. Uh, Robbie Grossman. Look, everybody on the A's is worth owning and worth playing. So this shouldn't come <laughs> as a surprise. The team's just on fire. Uh, literally one through nine. Everybody. Chad Pinder. Everyone. Uh, Grossman, 286, three home runs, 10 runs driven in. But the key number here clearly in all of the leagues in fantasy is the steals. He's got four, and his OPS is over 1,000. So I feel like we could do this, Joe, with everybody on Oakland, but Grossman will be the beneficiary of today. And I love these Oakland A's on FanDuel, man. I mean, it is just incredible that pricing. Tonight, Rob Grossman's just 2.8K still. And look at look at that stat line. He's got contact. He's got a little pop. He's got stolen bases. I mean, a 2.8, that's a fantastic investment. Like, why wouldn't you want him in your FanDuel lineup tonight? And and I think the whole point is you see, and it was a trend last year, and it's carrying over this year in those late games on FanDuel. They want you to get in on the action late because, you know, there's a little bit of an East Coast bias there with lineup setting and with Major League Baseball, generally speaking. So it is a great way to go up to that 11, 12K range for a pitcher. If you want to pay up for 11, 8 Shane Bieber, well, you can do that. But you're going to need guys like 
Robbie Grossman at 2.8 to make it work, who are responsible guys under 3K. And Grossman's had some moments at the past too, but right now, as long as he's hitting, as long as those A's are playing as well as they are, he's absolutely a guy that you can even add in your season-long leagues if he's still out there for some reason and plug and play him right now. And and on the pitching side, the Houston Astros just continue to plug and play, and uh, B-Lack's been great for them. Christian Javier has been amazing uh, look, whatever you say about the Houston, Houston Astros and the cheating and all this nonsense, whatever's going on, I don't know, but their pitching has been good throughout. And this year, Framber Valdez has been great. Four games, 1.90 earned run average, 24 strikeouts in 23 innings with a 1.0 whip. And and I would say almost universally, Joe, almost every pitcher that has gone to Houston has come out better than they were before. And Valdez is another example of that. I, I mean, look, you could find a guy here or there and say, look, Wade Miley wasn't fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you could find a guy, one out of ten. But you get a guy in that Houston rotation, Burkity last year too, they end up doing real well. they got a great pitching coach in Brent Strom, and obviously their analytics are very good as well. They're outstanding. And uh, by the way, what side of the mound? He's left-handed, huh? How many of those guys are left around? They're like dinosaurs. We were just talking about it last week. So a lefty who's pitching well right now, striking out guys. I mean, this is what you want and you know, he's got win potential as well. So that's very important. He's going to have run sport. It's going to have win potential. It's still a good team offensively and defensively, despite the injuries they've had bullpen, a bit of a mess, but hopefully we'll get some clarity as time goes on. But Valdez has been absolutely fantastic and he's a really good DFS play as well. He has not gone up to that double digit price yet. And then finally, Spencer Turnbull of the Tigers, somebody who I actually have on this list. 2.78 earn <laughs> run average, 22 innings, 21 strikeouts, 1.24 whip. Tigers rotation, Joe, not bad. <laughs> not bad at all. Getting reinforcements, too. Yeah, I mean, you pair him and Casey Mize at the top. I mean, gosh, if Matthew Boyd could be anything close to Matthew Boyd or first half last year, but... Don't hold your breath on that one. We'll get more than that in the next segment coming up here in a moment. But yeah, Turnbull's been really good. That K per nine, really, that's the eye popper to me that he's been around one K per nine. That's exactly what you want. You want that nine K per nine rate. And uh, so far, so good in a situation where, yeah, wins are going to be scarce for him. But Turnbull's a guy, I think, going forward where you're looking at the secondary numbers. Is he giving you strikeouts? Is he giving you a good whip? Is he giving you a good ERA? And if so, that's a guy you can feel comfortable running out there in your lineup every week. So uh, I think Turnbull, both in in DFS even and season long, has some appeal too as a contrarian play because the numbers have been pretty good so far across the board for him. Yeah, and the numbers will be good today on FanDuel. We almost have a full slate of games tomorrow. Supposedly, every Major League Baseball team is going to play. But again, you never know. It's the 2020 season. Our full DFS preview is coming up next right here on Fantasy Sports Today. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia. Make sure you stay tuned a little bit later on right here on Sports Grid. We got Scott Farrell going coast to coast with you. Make sure you stay tuned. Giving updates on all of the games tonight in baseball, NBA, NHL, Stanley Cup playoffs as well. But of course, our focus right now and for tonight is on the DFS slate in Major League Baseball. And if you are playing in DFS, 
you know where to do it. Get on over to FanDuel and make sure you get down on that. Uh, for some picks tonight, some potential players to go to, let's turn it over to Joe Pizapia. He's got some suggestions on a couple of pitchers uh, and a hitter as well. Actually, a couple of hitters as well, who Joe is counting on to hit home runs for the second straight day. Joe. Yeah. Hey, we left you in a good spot on Friday night with that sunny gray start as well. So let's pick it up right where we left off. It's a weird pitching slate tonight. Not a lot of big names. I know the Orioles have been good, but you know what? I'm going to try to go with Yunjin Ryu. Again, those last 11 innings have been terrific for him. He really looks like he's turning the page there. And I think uh, this could be a good start for him at 9.3. I feel safe there. I will say this though. This is a night for maybe changing your approach. If you're somebody who would play, let's say a $10 single entry, maybe you want to play one of the $3 multi-entry tournaments or something like that. Start spreading it around. There's a lot of contrarian plays out there to look for. Uh, Ross Stripling, 8.1 against Seattle. Again, really good luck. Win potential there. That's what I'm looking for in the tournament. GPP, 8.1. A lot of big bats out there. But for me, Aloy Jimenez against Matthew Boyd. Yes, please. Jimenez is red hot. That's the guy I want in my lineup, and I'll pay up for him. And Yasmani Grandal in that same lineup at just 2.9. Yes, please. Again. Guy's been a gas can. Let's continue to go at that until it proves differently. So give me the White Sox, Ryu, and Stripling tonight, Craig. All right. We'll have that for you coming up next. What happened in the Cleveland clubhouse that almost forced a couple of players to end up leaving the team? ESPN reporting a very interesting development in their situation with Mike Clevenger and Zach Plesak. I'll also give you my thoughts on what it's like to attend a Major League Baseball game in 2020. I can speak firsthand to that. Hour two of FST is coming up next. Joe and I stay on the grid. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 